I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Average Girls. Well, happy Tag Tuesday. Happy Tag Tuesday to you, Denise. Thank you. You can tell I'm still the sultry voice that I have. I think you've got a second career as a sultry voiced voiceover artist. Listen, I've tried everything. I'm drinking my warm drink. I have a cop drop in my mouth. <laughs> Listen. I'm not I'm not sick. No. You I just, just sound like sound it. Sound like it. And That's I fine. you know, people want to give me sympathy, which I really appreciate, but they're either giving you sympathy or they're running. They're running. I mean, away. people literally, luckily, we're wearing masks still. So yeah. I'm wearing a mask and everyone thinks, good, because she's got the COVID. She's got COVID. No, I don't have COVID. I have, have COVID. the ramifications of the bronchitis. Bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for nobody that. Nobody got time for that. Anyway, you remember that meme? That was or the that... best meme. It was one of the first memes that <laughs> I really remember. Is it a meme remember. or was it a little short it clip? It was a clip. It was hilarious. If yeah. you haven't watched that, just Google that. Ain't, Ain't nobody, nobody got, got time, time for, for that. bronchitis. Yeah, and she comes right up. She comes right up, Aww, and it's uh, bless it, her heart. I, I've watched that probably a hundred times because it makes so, me laugh because she's, she's so really funny. cute and yeah. funny, and I I could relate because I don't have time for you. It. Do not have time for bronchitis. I'm sure I'm not going to die or anything. No, no, it's fine. But you know, I I don't know about you, but the new year brings new challenges, mm. and the new year doesn't mean the old challenges aren't here. No, <laughs> I. I wish we're just that, piling on. We're just adding to. <laughs> adding. Now it's 2022 and it's still there. Life is still happening. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of having a bad couple days. So I, one of the things I like to do is to make myself feel better. And since I'm trying not to just use retail therapy as my only way of making myself feel better. Single tear dropping <laughs> from the Nordstrom president CEO. <laughs> Don't do it, Denise. <laughs> Sorry. Just by the way, I didn't buy anything from Nordstrom's at Christmas time. You didn't? I did not. Oh. Which is like the first time ever. First time ever. Anyway. I'm sure they noticed. I'm sure they did because <laughs> they kept sending me stuff. Hey. We're, telling me that my status were, wasn't going to stay the same. Like, oh, okay. Like it gives me so much benefit. So much joy to have that status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, one of the things I like to do, and I think you and I both have this same love. We do. And it is looking up funny and weird news stories. Absolutely. I mean, people are nuts. People are bananas. And the, part of it is the mainstream news is such a bummer. It's <laughs> They're so lame. I would, I would watch, and I don't need a Saturday Night Live skit. No. I mean, I would really watch somebody just reporting all of this. A serious delivery of crazy news stories. That was one of the things that I did in my Chapman class with my students is we'd get warmed up, you know, everybody come in class 8.30 in the morning, wake up. And they would, I would have a funky news story, just enough information that they could sort of write their own version of it. But I always delved into the weird, the weird news. There's no end to- Really? There's no end to that cave. Because every time I go, it it can be anywhere from- Kind of heartwarming, yes, but like out of the ordinary, or it can be just give me the Cliff's Notes version and let's just what hear is it about? about it. What is it about this that is so fascinating? Do you think what weird news stories? Yes, um, you know, part of it is like 
I can't believe it. It's a shock and all, like you said. But I think part of it is also just like, uh, at, at least it's not me. At least I'm not that bad. At least I don't have 500 pounds of butter in my basement or whatever the issue is, you know. Have you ever seen that? There, there's a, this is a much larger story. There's a story of a, of, um, a woman who was horribly, she horribly murdered a, a person. Oh, with a, so this is with like a, a true crime too. It's kind of true crime with a body bomb. That What's he, that mean? He was, he had a bomb strapped to him. What? And there was a group of people that was sort of involved in doing that. And it had to do with a heist and a robbery and just plain old fashioned, I'm psychotic stuff. But this, this man ended up being blown up by his own body bomb because the police were like, wait, what? After he robbed a bank? Well, I saw that. It was in Michigan? Yes. Somewhere. That's been on, on it's, TV it's, a lot. There's been there's a whole documentary yes. on it. Oh, yes. She was a hoarder, and she had something like 500 pounds of butter in her basement. Who was the hoarder? The woman who was the mastermind. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was nuts. So that that's the first thing I go to is, well, at least I don't have 500 pounds of butter in my basement. I'm not that level of crazy. No, I like butter though. So when you said the word butter, <laughs> I was like all about it. I didn't know it was going to go in that direction. It went that direction. Sorry. So my day hasn't been going great the last few days. So I just decided what better to make myself feel better yeah. than to see how crazy the world is. It can really get. Okay, start us off. Here's how it starts out. A woman who flew from Syracuse to Atlanta caused a scene on a Delta flight. Again, in the airplanes. <clears throat> Always yes. in the airplanes these days. Is this re this like just happened pretty recently? Yes. Okay. Like within the last couple months. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have the date of when it happened. Oh, yes, I do. November 13th. Oh, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It just happened. It got it posted on TikTok on November 13th of okay. 2021. Okay. Go ahead. So on a flight. I'm just, I'm so excited right now. I think before I even get any further, yeah. and you're very excited, she's like this little puppy dog ready. To, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that with COVID mm. and as kooky as everyone already was, you add COVID and the restrictions and the isolation. Mm. And you have got a new brand of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. On a plane. Everywhere. <laughs> okay. But this happened to be on a plane. And there's a lot of crap going on in planes. It's endless. I know. Yeah. I think it's mask wearing, but I'm just going to say. Because <laughs> I hate wearing the mask all the show. whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> so she's on a Delta flight. When she was seen breastfeeding. Wait for it. No. A baby. No. It was wrapped up like a baby. What? No. <gasps> A cat. No! No! <laughs> Was it one of those creepy hairless cats? Oh my gosh, it's a creep. Isn't it's, it? it's a hairless cat. No! No! She wrapped it up like a baby. She wrapped it up like a baby and pretended that it was a baby to get it on the flight. She, I don't know if it had, so let's just say flight attendant. Ainsley Elizabeth, who was on board during the incident, took a TikTok on November 13th and the explained more of what went down. Okay. This woman had one of those, like, this is in quote, hairless cats swaddled <laughs> up in a blanket. <laughs> so it looked like a baby. She said, and then she said her shirt was up and she was trying to get it, the cat to latch on, but it wouldn't. No. She put the cat back, and she wouldn't put the cat back in the carrier. The oh, so cat there was, was a screaming carry. for her life, for the its life. The cat was screaming. 
Wait, so so she brought it on on a carrier. So it was apparent that there was a little animal in there. It wasn't like, oh, this is my baby. She didn't go that far. I don't But she was swaddling it. I don't, she was swaddling it and she was trying to nurse it. And onlookers said mm-hmm. that the cat, she was trying to get it to latch on. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't doing it. Mm-mm. So she took one of those. Get ready. No, this is even worse. No. She took a, one of those butters. You know the butter that you get that you pull the foil back? And it, it's butter. the decorative butters in the little tiny like a little individual patch? pack of butters where you pull it back and then you use it to scoop out of the plastic area. In a restaurant. Area. She took one of those plastic container single-use butters and rubbed it on her nipple. No, no. Denise, no. <laughs> no, no. No. I'm not kidding you. People saw this? That's what they saw. Okay. Okay. Now, oh, all I could tell you this, I know, I'm, I'm it's, it's on the verge, I've, I've processed it over the weeks because I heard about this a long time ago. Ah, oh, just take a moment to process I people. Can't. I'm sorry if I'm grossing anybody Grossin. out, but I wanted to put this out there. First of all, it makes me feel really good as a human being. What if you were on the flight with her? What if you saw that? The uh, the funniest part of this whole thing is that the, a Delta employee who sent, there was a Delta employee who sent a message. Whenever there's a disturbance on a plane, yeah, they need to let people know on the ground sure. what's going on. Get it ready. And I don't know at what, I should know this because we have family members who are in the hierarchy of plane flying. I've never <laughs> asked about this kind of stuff, but... Like like they work for like United yeah, and yes, stuff and big big companies. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it, it, it is exactly because there's been so many disturbances now. I think protocol has changed. Sure. I'm sure it has. I mean, there's so many variables on planes. First of all, your cat comes on a plane with you. That never used to be. Not like that. There's I mean, there's been dogs. I was on a plane recently on when just like in the last month when I was on that plane, I didn't even realize this dog came out from underneath somebody's chair. Yeah. And it was a full-size dog. Oh, it was? It wasn't like a little Maltese or a little toy poodle. Yeah. It was a full, like, it was like a medium to large dog. It had gone underneath its seat, and he was perfect. He's a traveler. But he didn't have his own seat? The dog didn't? He didn't have his own ticket? Nope. That's where I have a problem. I sat with a 140-pound golden retriever on my feet one flight. That seems like a good idea compared to a nursing cat. I'm telling you. What if you were right next door to this lady? N- I would lose my mind. Every time there's an incident though, yeah, they on call a plane ahead. flight, they have to send reports to a CARS and it's all capitals A-C-A-R-S. Okay. Messages also requested the Delta Red Coat team, which apparently is Code nope. for, we need some help here. <laughs> DEF somebody, CON 5. DEF CON 5, someone's trying to nurse their cat on a plane. <laughs> That's so gross. Go ahead. They requested the Delta's red coat team apprehend the woman once they got on the ground. The red coats are the elite airport customer service experts. Okay. <laughs> they are specially trained to handle on-the-spot customer issues. Okay. I bet you $5. I'll bet you $1,000 that the Redcoats have never encountered a nursing cat on a plane. They weren't even trained for that. How do you prepare for that? <laughs> you don't. I'm not prepared for the, even talking about I'm it. I'm not prepared to hear it. I literally came home and told my husband, and he was like, la, 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 I cannot Stop listen. talking about this. 
because you conjure up the idea that you you can picture all of this. It says, um, red coat, meet AC in 13A is breastfeeding a cat and will not put cat back in carrier when requested. That's the message that was sent out. That was the message that was sent out. And I can only imagine what the reaction was on the other end. They were like, "We this is beyond... I think the term beyond my pay grade was probably said. I mean, I don't know how you prepare for something like that. It does say that Delta allows cats on flights. Sure. That was fine. No, that's fine. And the airline's website also outlines that the policy for women breastfeeding children, they fully support that. Well, yes, because that's necessary. This is, you're just being a, either you've got very serious mental illness or you're being a weirdo. And they help facilitate breast pumping and all of sure, that kind of, of stuff. of course they do. At the airport, and if you prefer, many airports do private lactation rooms. Of course, yeah. I've so lady, them. if you must breastfeed your cat. No. You need to find a lactation room. No. No. <laughs> There's no... No, she did it on purpose. You she did. So? She got on that plane and purposely... Purpose? Does it say where the plane was going, like, from, yes. to and from? She flew from Syracuse to Atlanta. That's It's New York to Georgia. What can it possibly be? It's not even two hours. I, I, Give me a break. She got on there to do that on purpose. But why? Because she's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been... Psychology corner with Anne. <laughs> now that's just there. There are people like that who just want to get out there and just show you how they how, want to shock and awe you. They want to shock and awe you. I don't know. Is that true? Is it, that? Do you think that's what she was doing? I think people do want to shock and awe. I think she's mentally unstable. She's mentally unstable. I don't even think. I think she must have thought that that was just normal. First of all, she's got a hairless cat. I'm sorry to offend all of our hairless cat listeners, but they're weird. They are weird, but if you're allergic to animals with dander, it might be a, like, Warren's allergic. We could get him one. It looks like it's been turned inside out. I know. I don't <laughs> want that in my house. Also, they must be cold. You'd think. They're probably shivering all the time. They look very unhappy. They do and look unhappy, but I don't think they are. They are when you try and breastfeed them. It was screaming. The cat was screaming. That's what passengers alluded to. They said that it was crying for help. Like, <laughs> Probably it was on, it might have been like a child, you know, when you get up in, in the altitude and your ears pop, maybe the cat's ears were bothering it and she thought if she breastfed it, she could help it. <laughs> I like how you're coming to her defense. I think the cat I'm not knew. trying to come to her defense. I'm literally trying to figure out how human nature has gone so wrong. That, and I'm thinking there maybe there's an explanation for this. That cat knew that it was against nature and was trying to get out of the situation. It was a cry for help. Even butter. Someone. <laughs> a lot of people would lick butter off your nipple. <laughs> Not that cat. <laughs> Anne is crying. Okay. You're welcome. We're, we did make ourselves happy. I mean, it's it was a real... <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I just wanted to make you laugh. Thank you. You did. You, you did your job. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's but, but really, think about it. When it gets to the very basic of this story yeah what is going on in society i i, I don't know i don't know it's, it's some upsetting. craziness i just keep putting myself the passenger in, as a passenger next door seeing that or katie corner you know what i mean well, like when you see people doing stuff i also want to just kind of with this this is a segue just to tell everybody out there that's traveling yeah. behave yourself Whew, okay can you All follow right. that one i well 
it's, it's certainly not as light and delightful as that one was, <laughs> but it does. We are going to remain up here in the air. Oh, it's Yay. another flight. Plane it's, flight. A, it's a plane story, and yes. it combines my two passions, flight, aviation, and Soviet-era Russia. Oh, I thought you were going to say murder. <laughs> and murder. No. So this, but there is a murder bend to this story. So let me just tell you. Okay. We're going to go back to 1986. Join me. Where were you in 1986? I had met my husband in 1986. That's nice. Yeah. What, just, what month was it? October. Oh, I, I had met my husband in June, May of 1986. There you go. So you were well into. By October, I was madly in love. There you go. This is a good time for Denise. This is. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, freshman in college and probably hating my life. But um, yeah, 86. So October of 1986, um, Russia's national airline is called Aeroflot. and Aeroflot. Aeroflot. F-L-O-T. I thought you said Aeroflop. Well, it may as well have been. They have, over the years, they have had one of the worst records of... Planes going down. Oh. Planes not having the correct maintenance. Oh. For a long time, they couldn't get into the United States because once you land on U.S. ground, you have to go through inspections and they couldn't the planes pass. would be grounded. They couldn't pass the inspections. So they just weren't flying to the U.S. So getting from Russia to the U.S. was a problem for a while. Aeroflot, I think, has stepped up their game now. They do come to the U.S., etc. My son, uh, at one point in his mission, was flying to different areas in his mission and th- it was over, you know, a, sort of a period of time that he was doing this. It wasn't the whole time when he first told us that he was doing that. I'm like, oh, what airline are you flying on? Not Aeroflot, I hope. And he's like, why wouldn't it be Aeroflot? That's the only, that's the only airline. And I'm like, oh no, I, this is this is where we, <laughs> this is where we lose our son. It turned out just fine. In October of '86, this it's a domestic passenger airliner, so just like your regular airplane, is going from a, t- a city called. Ekaterinburg to Grozny and I I got all my pronunciations from my son Um, so it was a I don't know several hour flight and sometime during the flight the captain made a bet with the co-pilot that he could land that plane without sight what yeah he made a bet they made a bet between the two pilots pilot and co-pilot I don't know aviation rules <laughs> i mean i'm not uh, versed in it you're not versed but okay. i'm assuming mm-hmm. betting on a the ability to accomplish a task that isn't part of the handbook <laughs> is a is probably frowned on i'm thinking it's frowned on now wait but you also have to remember just because this was 1986 doesn't mean the plane was from 1986 oh this is an older plane oh so let's remember that. And as far as instruments, now you get on a plane, the pilot, yeah. He's reading a book. <laughs> I know that because I know a pilot and he reads a book. And Dallas listens to our show. Hi, show. Dallas. Dallas, we're giving you a shout out. Stop reading. I always tell him, stop reading and pay attention. My husband, both of our husbands are pilots, not mm-hmm. commercial pilots. But yeah, they're, once you get that plane up in the air, it's a little bit of a snooze fest. Yeah. And there's there's some book reading while you're up there. Right. Because everything's so Instrument rated, yeah. So this is this is a plane. I don't know what year the plane was made, but we're just going to say that Soviet era Aeroflot airplanes were not (laughs) cutting edge. (laughs) So they didn't have the kind of instruments that would actually land the plane for you. There wasn't an autopilot that they were using. Now, whether or not that was available, that's not that wasn't the bet. The bet was I can land this plane without looking, without visual, without visual. 
he didn't close his eyes. He had his co-pilot pull the curtains. There's a curtain that goes across the pilot. I'm having a heart attack right now. <laughs> so, so we had them. He had how many the, people are on this plane? Like a lot. Um, well, let me see. Let's look at how many people lost their lives. Um, oh wait, spoiler alert! I guess it didn't go so well. Well, no. Let me keep going. Okay, now. let me just get right down to it. So, not only did they make this bet, they told the passengers what they told the passengers that they were making a bet. So the guy gets on the thing. Uh, in Russian, ladies and gentlemen, in Russian, yeah, and lets them know that we've got comrades, little, comrades, we've got a little bet going, and we're going to do what's called a blind landing. And that's they know what they this called because it because the black box told them. Um, the black box told them, and survivors told them. Okay, I'm, I'm dying right now. So as the plane starts going down, this is two minutes out. They're 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 they have the field in sight, so to speak. They can see the landing strip. And that this is when they decide to pull these shenanigans. They pull the curtains closed and he starts to land, not using his instruments in any meaningful way. So... Can the co-pilot see? No, neither can see. No one can see. Neither can see. Okay. So they're just using their instruments only. But the instruments are not telling them in a real way how far they are off the ground. I think part of the deal was you don't get to look at the instruments. You are literally flying blind. I don't understand what the point of this is. Well, this is this is what they call Russian humor, and it's really hilarious. <laughs> Great. Uh, so as the plane starts descending, um, alarms start going off. And if you've ever been in a cockpit, which not many people have an opportunity to be, I've never been in a commercial plane cockpit, but being with my husband, there are alarms in that plane that start going off when stuff starts to happen. And it doesn't mean like, oh, you're going to hit a mountain. It's, it tells you a bunch of different things. Right. So anyway, these alarms start going off to warn them. The black box recording shows that air traffic controllers got on. So the guys that are in the tower, they get on the horn, they're talking to the pilot and they say, hey, you, you need to you need to do something okay now let's go back it's 86 this is soviet era russia so there's not a lot of information and when the accident first happened people didn't know they the didn't know this happened they didn't know it happened they just thought something bad happened to the plane they didn't know photos came out <laughs> photos came out about this much later they were leaked out because KGB immediately came in. This is in the article that one of the articles that I read. KGB immediately came in and locked down the situation, confiscated cameras, et cetera, et cetera. One of the firefighters who went to, to put out the fire of the plane, spoiler, had a camera and took photos wow. and his camera was not confiscated. They didn't even know. They didn't even know he had one. So it's the only reason that we've actually got, um, you know, some pictures of this. So air traffic control comes in. They're like, hey, buddy, by the way, we don't know what you're doing. Take the shades off and open the shades. They so couldn't you can see, see it. They couldn't see it. All they could see was the plane was Not doing, doing some right weird things. As the plane gets closer to the ground, the controllers suggest pull up and go around because your landing is not safe. Of course, he completely ignores it. They're 200 feet from the ground is when air traffic control breaks in again. But the pilots are talking back to them. No, we're fine. No, we've got it under control. Air traffic control is asking everything okay, and they're like, "No, no, no, it's it's all good. Don't worry about it." Finally, they're two hundred feet from the ground. Air traffic control breaks in again and says, "Hey, you need to pull up and go around. The, it's clear for you to do that. Pull up and go around." And he says, "No, thanks." Just ignores it, and continues to approach the the runway. So he did not calculate how quick, how close he was to the ground. 
So they hit the ground at 280 oh knots an hour. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, the plane immediately flipped over and caught on fire. Okay. So there were 94 people to answer your question. There were 94 people on the plane at the time. 87 were passengers. 14 of them were kids. 14 oh. of them were under 18. Seven were crew members. All the kids survived. Really? None of the kids died. Um, 63 people, however, did out of 94. 63 people died, including um, seven additional who died on the way to the airport. They lived through the, or on the way to the hospital. They lived through the crash, but then died on the way to the hospital, one of which was the, um, the co-pilot. Good. The, no. Well, yes. I mean, they're both at fault. The captain himself lived. He did. He lived, lived. The co-pilot lived, ran back into the burning cabin and started pulling people out. He was actually kind of the hero in this whole thing. And then they said, okay, you know, we've got everybody we can. They stuck him in an ambulance and on the drive over to the hospital, he had a massive heart attack and died. Wow. Um, but the a, pilot lived. The pilot lived. He lived long enough to stand trial. Oh, good. They put him on trial. They found him guilty of reckless judgment. All right. I mean, That's an understatement. This is Soviet-era Russia. Can you? This <laughs> I just, I, it's, it's almost, I, it's literally unbelievable to think yeah. that you would be on a plane mm -hmm. and the captain would come over. Mm -hmm. It's even a little unsettling for the captains like on Southwest to be kind of jovial. Because you know yes. when they joke and I kind of like it, but I also at the same time think, hey, buddy. You got a job. That's to be very serious and pay attention to where you're going and what you're doing because I'm on this plane. You and you've got a hundred other people on this plane. You and I both know pilots. We're married to pilots. They and are I know the, other pilots. They are the guy who holds it down. They're the guy when everyone else is losing their mind, they are the ones that are holding it down. All the pilots I know, yeah, which is like four, yeah. they are all people that i would trust they're all that guy they they are that guy mm -hmm. so if they're jovial it's just because they're trying to make it a better situation think about it if you have any if you have any anxiety right. over flying and that guy gets on and starts making jokes it i've always thought that like when I you're on too. those southwest flights and they're very that's kind of their shtick it's like right. let's do a rhyme for yeah. our when our yeah. oxygen mask deploys whatever it's like if i had anxiety over flying which i don't this would be very upsetting i think it would be yeah but i mean this is still at the end of the day that pilot you know right that guy has been through all the training or right. a woman and they are handling right. the entire thing anyway so um he lived long enough to, to stand trial as i said he was sentenced to 15 years by the Supreme Court of the Russian Federation, which, okay. That's in a, like, that's in Siberia, probably. That's in a gulag. Yeah, that's in a gulag. They sat, they, the court found, of course, that the, the crash was totally avoidable. <laughs> if he had just had those curtains open, everyone would have just landed, walked off the plane and gone to wherever they were going. Um, so, you know, that, all right, it seems like an understatement. But um, he only served... Mm, he didn't serve the whole 15 years. He only served six. What? He only served six. And, he killed 63 people? Mm -hmm, and he only served six years. Of course, the like I said, the images were withheld from the crash. Even the Russians didn't know what had happened. They knew there was a plane crash, but it's like, well, it's an Aeroflot plane. They probably were pretty used to it at that point. They're like, well, I mean, we're lucky if we get anywhere on Aeroflot. <laughs> 
so the fact that you know okay i mean you kind of expect it if you get on one of those planes they didn't realize however that it was because of this stupid bet until many years later after after communism falls and people didn't say anything probably because they were afraid no of course not because kgb came in yeah and they interviewed him and they found out what was what going really on happened and they said you are not supposed to say anything to anybody right now i'm just paraphrasing this and no interjecting exactly right. but i'm assuming that that's what happened because if i was on a plane flight that that happened mm-hmm. i mean first of all it'd be on tiktok you'd be you'd be <laughs> screaming it from the rooftop like you'd walk out and you'd be like i survived but i should uh, i mean i should be not even be here because they made a bet i mean like yep can you imagine being no. on that plane no. and hearing those words you would have thought it was a joke well and i th- but the russians don't joke they don't, which is what makes this whole thing so completely ridiculous that someone would get on the PA and be like, hey, kids, guess what? We got a little bet going. Our very capable captain is going to fly, is going to land this plane, you know, without looking. Did everyone clap? Was it like, ah, bravo. Yay. Let's see if he can do it. We're so excited for our comrade. No, nobody thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one article I found, it says, at the time, the KGB strictly controlled media images and photos of the crash were withheld from public view for a decade. So it was easily 96 before it happened. That was the other thing I read in one of the articles was the co-pilot who survived and then died on the way over. He's in that ambulance and he is talking up a storm. I'm wondering, I mean, we will never know, but I'm wondering if the pilot kind of pressured him to do it. To do? To make the bet. That's another thing that they said is that you don't, at this point in, in Russia, you didn't ever step out of the line of command. So actually, the co-pilot had no rights. If the captain Uh, says, let's do this, that's what they're going to end up doing. Wow. Crazy. So it's not as lighthearted as your, you know, cat nursing story, but it still happens on an airplane, which I think is great. You know, at least we segue to an easier thing. (laughs) But it really didn't make me laugh. No, it wasn't funny at all, but it definitely falls under our uh, weird news. uh, Yeah. I think next time I get onto a plane, I'm going to just make sure I go to the cockpit and say, excuse me, (laughs) um, have you ever heard of Aeroflop? flop um they made a bet i don't recommend that i don't recommend it and i don't think aeroflot is gonna ever underwrite our podcast (laughs) well well what so go ahead what's your next one okay i have another one we might have time for one more yeah we each got one and um mine isn't in a plane but it is in another country (laughs) okay and um the headline was very um it caught my eye it's in it happens in egypt love it love egypt and Three are dead, hundreds injured after storm rouses scorpions from Egypt. Wait, from the ground? Okay. She just gave me a finger like, hold up. Just let Let me me tell my story. Let me get to the good part. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Three people are dead and hundreds have been injured after inclement weather roused hordes of venomous scorpions out of their hiding places and into the streets and homes. <gasps> homes? I, I know. I'm in my home. I know. Wait, what's the inclement weather? Is it rain? Vicious rain, okay. dust storms, and snow in the southern city of, of Ashwan last week drove out scorpions as well as snakes. No. Oh, that's where, that's where Denise checks out, moves to another country. I literally black out at that point. <laughs> I literally like, I don't care. I no. pick up a scorpion before I'd even want to be around a snake. No. But these, these scorpions are not like the ones. I mean, I think every scorpion is venomous, like even the ones in the desert in our area. Sure. But they don't cause you to die. 
These are deadly scorpions. These are these are no joke. These are the these are the, the Mac Daddy of these scorpions. Are, these are the that yeah. It mm. says um, Al Haram, a government-run Egyptian newspaper, reports three people have died Mm-mm. after from scorpion stings, and 450 people have been injured by the stings. The BBC News reports, citing an unnamed health by a health by an unnamed health official. Those who have been injured are being treated with antivenom in hospitals as well as in medical centers that are located in remote areas, according to Al-Haram. Health officials have, have even called in doctors who were on vacation to help the threat and the <laughs> influx of patients. There were so many all at once that they're like, hey, we got all hands on deck. In the meantime, residents are being asked to stay in their homes. But that's where the scorpions are going. They're coming into your home. The Ashwan governor also limited traffic for a time, closing local highways to prevent accidents due to limited mobility in the rain. Um, in the rain. In the, okay, so we don't have enough personnel to handle all the things that are going on. <gasps> yep. It says scorpion stings can be fatal. And the Egyptian fat-tailed scorpion, oh. a specimen found throughout North, the northern Africa, in particular, has been described as one of the most deadly in the world. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That just gave me the creeps. It's so creepy. It's creepy and disgusting. I mean, that shows I'm showing her a little picture of a scorpion. Let me see that. Can you imagine hundreds of those? (gasps) Because they put their tail up in defense, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so if they're being driven out of their homes and they're looking for a place that is not rain or dust or snow. And they're hungry. They want something to eat. Well, they've been hibernating, it sounds like. Oh. Or they've been, I don't know. I don't, they don't bite you to eat you. They bite you because they're afraid. As a defense. I'm no. Scorpion expert. What what is that? A taxolid? What is that? (laughs) Tax. No, that's. That's taxidermy. You're going to stuff stuff the scorpion scorpion. and mount it? I don't know what it is that I would be. Listen, that's the gross. They're gross. Mm -hmm. They're so ugly. They look like they want to kill you. I know people have been bitten by scorpions in the desert. Yes. Because when we have our house at the desert and and they're there. But it doesn't... Ours, like, like a California scorpion, isn't going to kill no, you. No, and there, there's different kinds. There's brown ones. There's like white ones. Um, they hurt. It they hurts. They sting. You probably do want to go to a hospital yeah. and get a little shot. Yeah. I don't think they give you any anti-venom because that's not it. Anti-venom. When I have to go get anti-venom, I, am, I need to go home. This is because I'll bet it's like um, tetanus, like getting a tetanus shot. I couldn't think of the word. Like when, when you need to go get a tetanus shot, if the experience I've had anyway, is they give you the shot right where the wound is, wherever you've cut yourself or you've gotten bit or whatever. They, If they think you've got tetanus, they put that, they put the shot right in <gasps> the wound. So I'm guessing that's, oh, I'm just making it worse than it already is. I'll, I'll bet so that's what they gross. do. So I have, I have nightmares about snakes just coming out of the sewers. And <sighs> I, I mean, I have gotten myself freaked out enough and this is going to make me sound like a complete cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but... <laughs> I've like, I've had weird dreams about snakes. Yeah. And then after that, at night, if I have to get up to go to the bathroom, I have to turn the light on and look in the toilet. In the toilet? Because I'm always afraid they're going to come through the toilet, like the sewer. Ooh. I'm sure they're not. But I'm just saying. Who knows? I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Alligators in, in Florida come up <laughs> through weird stuff. I'm just saying, if you can get through a hole and it's yeah. wet, yeah. they might come up. What they if might. you went and peed and there was a snake in there i don't it's illogical know what i do but i just that's your fear fear. is illogical no that's your fear i get it 
All right. One more story. Moving on from the uh, scorpions. This is a little bit of a light light hearted story that we're going to leave you with. It's a lot of fun and it speaks uh, once again to my passion. Not Soviet era Russia, not air, not aviation, but um, teaching. Okay. Oh. So this is a new story. We're moving up. This is uh, from December of 2021. And this comes to us out of the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. So there's a professor there who, <laughs> anyone who's either been a professor or who's been a student knows that the syllabus is something that, A, I never assume my students are going to look at. Yeah, because it's a bunch of stuff that we don't care about. But it tells you what is going to happen from day to day and week to week and what I'm requiring of you. But you nobody should ever care. pays attention to it. Well, then don't come crying to me when there's something due and you didn't right. turn it in. I that's mean, exactly that's, what you say, right? You're I, like, did you read the syllabus? Right. That's okay. exactly what you say. And they're, they're like, well, no. Okay. So. <laughs> I liked how you went to that place and your face changed when you said, and no. Like you were had something wrong with you. I knew. I <laughs> So this teacher's name is Kenyon Wilson, and um, Kenyon is the associate head of the performing of performing arts, like I said, University of Tennessee. And so within his syllabus, he tucked away a little Easter egg that if you read his syllabus, you would yet, yeah, but you had to read it cover to cover. You'd know that there was something extra special in there for you. Okay, so it says, "Quote: Thus, free to the first who claims." Locker 1047 combination 152535. Students may be ineligible to make up classes and so he put he literally put parenthetically in his instructions about class makeup time or whatever, instructions to a locker and the combination that there's something in there that you're gonna want. So you could go in there and you could get like a certificate that says you could have a makeup class or like he's just explaining the rules of his class like you can miss a day but you have to have this is how you do makeup work etc etc that wasn't what was in the locker no in the locker what this well first of all you had to read the syllabus you had to read through that entire thing right (laughs) who does that no one does that but the first student to have found the secret message looked for the locker which was on campus and inside of it was a 50 dollar bill oh Okay. So you reading it is a good idea. You but then everybody it. else was like, oh, I go there and there's nothing there because a guy already got it. No one read the syllabus. What do you mean? Well. Nobody got the $50? No one got the $50. The, $50 the whole se- semester? The whole semester. The $50 was still in the locker when the professor went back and checked on it at no the end of the semester. Way. Yes. How many no. classes did he have? Uh, well, I don't know how many classes it was. I think it was just the one course, but it was 71 students who were enrolled in this course that had this single syllabus. So it's, it's, it's one syllabus. So it was just, you know, but there were 70, 71 kids. And mo- you know that most of the time, your syllabus really doesn't change, especially if you're teaching the same class sure. year after year. I mean, and this I, is liberal arts. I get it. I mean, what is there to tell? I mean, if you were like a chemistry major, those kind of guys probably read the syllabus. Don't you think? Don't give the chemistry majors any credit. I'm just saying the biology, (laughs) you're a math major, you're like detail oriented. You're going to go to the very end and look at that. You're like a rule follower. I don't know. Either way, 71 kids, 71 students. Do you think that 71 people didn't read it or they read it and they didn't understand that like it's a locker so who cares? No. I think the minute anyone stumbled upon that, they would have gone, wait a minute, and probably said something to their friend who sits next to them or maybe to their roommate who's not even in the class. Hey, did, did, look at this. I don't, do you know what, 
what could this possibly mean? Someone would go, wait a minute. Why First, go who look? claims locker 147? I know where a locker is in the Wilkinson Center on campus at you got BYU. got nothing else to do. Let's I got go. nothing else to do. Let's go check it out. We've got a combination. So they talked to one of the, um, one of Dr. Wilson's former students, uh, a girl named Haley Decker, and she said, quote, honestly, I thought it was hilarious. This class typically is the same format every semester, so student knows a student knows what to expect. And don't take the time to read the syllabus like we should. I think this is a really smart experiment for Dr. Wilson to test out. <laughs> it's like, well, he tested and you guys failed. I mean, it could be simple. Every teacher should do that. This I is think genius. it's hilarious. I wish I had have even thought of this when I was still actively teaching every single semester. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. And of course, the, it took off on social media, whatever, and people around the nation were just like, well, I'm guessing that the spring 2022 syllabus is going to be read and reread a million times over because... Because if there's 50 bucks, in it, there's a possibility of 50 bucks. I mean, literally, there's if there was an incentive to finish the syllabus. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that you would just be it. It could be anything. It could be it. I'd go do that for chocolate. I mean, you could do it for like, I'll take off a tardy. I'll I'll take off a day. Like you can miss a free day. Yeah, I would totally do that. You so can claim genius. it and tell me that, you know. Come prove to me that you've claimed it. Well, I think this was fun. I love it. I think we should maybe do it on a regular. We will do it on a There's a lot of funny stories. I have a few more. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear your weird news stories. In the meantime, I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We're two average girls. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 